climber, what can a songwriter manager do for you? And what exactly is there to manage for a songwriter anyway? Well, we're going to be bringing on a great guest today to talk about that on The Climb. Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to The Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you get leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need to get ahead, whether you're an artist, whether you're a songwriter. Gone are the days when the big fat corporate company plucked you out of obscurity and shined you up and turned you into a household name and a big star. No, you have to actually have proof of concept now. You got to have some momentum. You got to already have proof that your art has value in the marketplace. That's called leverage. That's what the new music business looks like. And that's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. See what we did there? It was genius. That is a Baxter room for my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in Southern Gospel recently. And that's not all. He helps songwriters like you turn pro by teaching you how to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then the last piece of the puzzle gets you connected with the pro, with the relationships that you need to take that next step. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny. D. What's up? Hey, good to see you. We haven't man. done this in a while. And it's also, uh, yeah, it has been a while. It's also fun to watch the faces of our guest when you do the whole intro thing. Welcome to the class. And they win. So and not sure what they're like, what is this? I feel like when I tell that story about so fun. the when I use the Axl Rose thing and then I talk about on the kitchen table and you jump, like, I feel like I'm that guy. <laughs> right, jumping up on your kitchen table, like, what's up? Welcome to the class. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's just like, um, er, uh, right. there's no kidding? live audience. You no, know now you're scaring me. Record this. <laughs> right. But I'm used to that energy from you. So it's all good. You're frightening me. So good time in Denmark, man, with Nashville nights, international so songwriting fun. festival. It's the first show we've recorded since we've been back. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely incredible. And for the first time we actually, the interviews that we did with those heavy hitters happened on stage as a ticketed event. The first year yeah. we did it, it was a media room, which was also super cool, but a little tricky to herd the cats because <laughs> it was so offsite in the place that we were staying. But this was amazing. And the feedback that we've gotten on it from the songwriters and from Blue and from Stefan, who are the founders of the whole festival, is incredible. I mean, everybody's like, that was my favorite part. You know what? Shout out to us. Because <laughs> I'm not too proud to, to say be that. Be your own hype man. Yeah. yeah, be my own hype man. Shout out to us for like coming up with some cool questions. We went with, and we're going to be able to present these to the climb on the podcast, guys, once we get the recordings. And we'll make that happen. But we went with cuts and bruises. We just asked them some different questions. Like, tell us yeah. about the story about like the coolest cut you had and what happened behind that. Like, how did you write it? Like, what 
were the 50,000 speed bumps that you had to navigate before it actually landed and you got a cut. And then tell us about the big song that you didn't get cut. Mm -hmm. There's some really, really good stories there. And I think it was, it focused more on the human experience, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Of the mm -hmm. writers and it's not, not as much inside baseball as we would normally yeah. geek out on. Yeah, which is, by the way, I mean, it's one thing to write a great song, and of course you're prideful of that, but man, you're also really prideful of all the crap you have to overcome <laughs> to get that to the place where it's actually going to get a life and get to be heard. And that's like a whole other story that's just equally as satisfying, I think, for anybody that can get that done. And inspiring. It's inspiring. Yes. I, I, my personal was the very awkward moment when I'd ask a writer, so what's it like being married to a creative and their wife is in the audience? Yeah. <laughs> And they'd be like, uh, I don't want to answer, or she's right here and needs to bring her up and ask her. So <laughs> that was fun. That's right, man. <laughs> anyway, so uh, normally it's, when it's, I'm with a big writer and it gets that awkward because I throw out a bonehead title or idea. So this was oh, <laughs> this that's funny. a fun different, a different way to be way awkward. To feel awkward. It's a new way. <laughs> exactly. Inventing new ways to feel awkward. Yes. Right on. So I'm excited about today's show. We've got a songwriter manager. Like, what's that? I don't know. Like, my life has become very intertwined with this person. And so I'm excited to bring her on. But we're going to wait for that introduction. Let's take care of a little business first. Yes. And tell you to follow or subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform that you happen to be listening to it on leave a rating and review, tell a friend about it because it's honest to God, you guys spend a lot of time with us. We see all the numbers and you're doing it for a reason. You're getting something out of it. So tell another fellow musician, indie artist, songwriter, let them know like, Hey, there's some good stuff here. We just had a song title challenge that we did this morning that Brent and I recorded this morning and Brent got a whole heap and helping of job satisfaction from <laughs> like a really big writer who was like, man, you were like my hero when I first came to town and I listened to all your man versus row stuff. I read your blog and I use that stuff before I go into ride. And like their fundamentals that he still uses to this day, which is just so great to hear I'm just that. Glad I didn't ruin him. So. so help us help you help them, right? I mean, that's the right. gig. That's what we need you to do. And join the climb community. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. Very easy. You got to ask to be let in. We let everybody in. We will roadhouse you out if you don't follow the three simple rules, you know, just be nice. Number two, be nice. And number three, put your stuff in the right place. Mm -hmm. if, if it's not for everybody, don't put it in the feed. If it's about you, we want to hear about it. But we have very specific spots for you to put that so that everybody can shower you with love, affection, and validation. But That's if right. you put that in the wrong place, you get the opposite of love, affection, and validation. You get roadhouse. <laughs> Okay, so it's just right. real simple. Because by the way, that just tells us like you don't listen to the freaking podcast, man. You exactly. know what I mean? Because you would know by now that we protect that community with everything that we have. We'll cut a bitch. We don't care. Like we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> One of those places that we have you put some content is New Heights, right? Which we That's affectionately right. call Wednesday Wins because it comes out on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So we have some new wins. And then I've got one to share too that I'm really excited about. Oh, sweet. Well, okay. I'll keep this light. We have more than we have time to read, which is always fun. So climber Tracy Collins, Tracy College Richardson, I'm sorry. She has a new single out. Well, this was a day or two ago, but by the time y'all hear this, it'll be a couple of weeks. But she has a new single out. Excited to share this version of my one of my favorite hymns, Blessed Assurance. So she's on Distro Kid, uh, Tracy Richardson, 
T-R-A-C-Y Richardson. It's Blessed Assurance. She's a sweetheart, and so that's cool for her. So new single out, which is fun. See here. Yes. Climber Randy Maynard. He posts here, after a minor delay finally dropping this weekend, Warner artist Brandon Estelles, maybe, or Estellas, EP Truthworks. We had an amazing writing team, and very blessed Brandon put the, put his faith in us. So apparently he wrote on there with Jordan Burks, Bev Herrera, Donna Norton, some other folks. So he ended up with like, I don't know, I think they had several cuts on this project on Warner. So the artist is Brandon Estellas and the climber is Randy Maynard. So way to go. That's Y'all keep on climbing. Cut. Yeah. So Johnny, you have one too? That's awesome. Yeah, man. We had a great weekend. Excuse me. We had a great weekend in my artist, Josh Roy. So Josh came out last week to, oh, which should, this will be the first week in September. Uh, again, this is going to drop in a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. first week in September, we did uh, a bunch of micro content interview stuff that we're going to use to promote the record when it's coming out. And we did a photo shoot, a proper photo shoot, his first proper photo shoot. They just came out fantastic. Great. Then we all left on Thursday early in the morning to go back to Arizona where he's from. And I took an evening with the band to, work on some live moments in their live show because they booked a gig opening up for Scotty McCreary mm-hmm. up in Payson, Arizona at like a real, real big outdoor shindig. That was the 50th anniversary of a casino there. I think it's called Mazatal Casino, which is part of the Tonto Apache tribe casino. So it was a big deal. There were like 3000 people. It was really cool. And we created these moments in rehearsal and I don't know if y'all understand like how hard this is to do and how much balls you got to have to do this because when you have a big show like that, it's usually the last place you want to be trying new stuff out that you're not familiar with. <laughs> yeah. But they all did it and it was awesome. I mean, he walked up on that stage and just looked like a star and the company that the entertainment company that put that whole thing on, from the production to the booking of the national artist, Scotty McCreary, to the booking of my artist and all that, just their jaws were on the floor. They were like, you are phenomenal. Like, we love this. We lo-. He got the crowd singing along because that was one of the moments that we worked into the show the night before. Mm-hmm. So he's got the crowd singing along with his song that they've never heard. Yeah, because he was just singing it to him live that day. So they're like, we do over 200 shows a year. We've got NASCAR shows coming up. We got a lot of stuff going on and we really want to, we're going to be hearing from us. So that was a big level up for him and very, very exciting. It was a big win. I'm super proud of it. Yeah. Very cool. All right, Johnny, let's keep on climbing. (laughs) Let's get to our guest. This is exciting because this is some weird stuff, man. Be honest with you. This is different. (laughs) Like you don't hear about this and I just love everything that this person is doing. So Tracy Hits moved to Nashville in 2018 to start Hits in branding so she could help people go after their dreams by building their personal and professional brands through storytelling. That sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Are we competitors? Mm -hmm. No, we're not. She worked with large brands like the NCAA and UNICEF. You might have heard of them. As well as small businesses that range from artists to nonprofits to a surf coach. I need to know that guy. Hits and her team created integrated marketing and branding plans for clients, including graphics, videos, websites, email campaigns, social media, digital media, PR, booking, content, capture, event planning, sponsorship, sales, fundraising, merchandising, management, and more. That's everything, man. (laughs) 
her work with Tyler Tisdale on his first ever album release resulted in over 1.6 million streams and counting on Spotify. On the nonprofit side of things, Hits and her team work with the Circle of Sisterhood to raise the most money ever in the 10-year history of the organization. She also is a partner in the annual Nashville Nights International Songwriters Festival held in Denmark that started in 2021 and is the manager of two Grammy-nominated songwriters, Blue Foley and C.J. Field. She also, as an aside, worked with Platinum sell it, well, Platinum song our songwriter, Chancey Neal, who's a friend of ours as well, who has been out on tour with Luke Bryan and is quite a big deal and just had a baby. So we're super excited about that. Aww. Please welcome to the show, Tracy Hits. Hi, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hi, thanks for having me, you guys. Welcome like to the show. One third of her freaking bio, too. Like, there's so she's got like all kinds of awards in there. And we just thought if we make it all about the bio, we're not going to have any time to talk to her. So <laughs> I had to cut that down. But there's so much more to be perfectly honest with you. The hits keep coming, right? The hits keep yes. coming. Like, why? Yeah, why? First of all, why? Why? why hits and... I mean, perfect. Why aren't we working off of that? Like, just... I mean, he is the lyricist, so maybe it didn't come to you, but that's it. Like, hit, the hits keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, like, I'm happily married, you're happily married, but if we were to get married, I would take your name. Right? Cool name. Yeah, Greg actually thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not take his, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's Greg's last name? I don't even know. It's Bauman. Bauman, that's right. Bauman. That's all right. I mean, just, and I, I love him too, man. It's fun. So so obviously, uh, once again, guys, relationships matter, right? Here we go. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure you've guessed how we all met up with Tracy and how we've come to know her. And now we're doing business together. And it's super fun. So excited to have you on the show. And before I know Brent's got a bunch of questions, but before we get mm. into that, I mean, you had all this stuff going on. You got a, a huge background in sports, a huge background in sports. Where did the itch come up that you had to scratch for the music industry? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of came out. of no, I mean, I love music. I always have, but I, my first final four, I worked at the NCAA on the women's final four. And my first one was here in Nashville. So we came down every month to try and make sure we planned the best event for our fans. And they really felt like they went, they, experienced all of Nashville when they were here. And every month I came down and I was like, yeah, I want to live here. So, um, I worked at the NCAA, put in the time and did what I said I was going to do. And then when the opportunity arose, I moved to Nashville and started my business and I was started it with sports, but then I met Chansey. Um, I started working actually at the grand old Opry radio station and I met Chansey. I booked her for an event and I just thought she was amazing. And I just asked her, I said, well, why are, what do you do when you haven't put out much music? You don't do much on social media. And, and she just had a whole story about why, what was holding her back. And I was like, well, I don't have any experience in the music industry, but I know how to do marketing and I'll help you if you want. And she, a lot of people are like, I can't believe you're going to work with this lady that you, that doesn't have any experience in music. And she said, well, she cares about me and she seems to know what she's doing and other stuff. So that's how I got here. And I, I can almost trace every person back that I work with to Chansey. So that's great. That's awesome. And she's a, like a powerhouse. If you don't know Chansey Neal, you need to look that up because she's amazing. I mean, just an incredible artist mm -hmm. and the writer of Harry Christmas, which was <laughs> the Robertsons, the duck dynasty and Luke Bryan. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just awesome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funnier is that before we started, uh, Tracy was telling us, yeah, Chancey said when she gets her first hit song, she was going to get a tattoo of that. And then it was Harry Christmas. And she's like, eh, I can't get that. Wait <laughs> <laughs> for the second hit song to get the tattoo. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. 
so okay so you got into that and then you you everybody you've met you came through chancy how did you get in touch with blue and i, I assume blue got you to stefan or vice versa yes no i i ran into blue i'm not even sure just in all the circles just at the mm-hmm. local and we just started talking and i was working on bringing sports and music together because i had spent so much time on that sports side i knew how difficult it was for someone who only knows sports to try and book people. I said specifically for the NCAA, we were trying to get, you know, we booked Jennifer Nettles for one, Pat Green, salt and Peppa. But the amount of time I spent talking to all of their people and the contracts, I was like, man, this would be awesome if I could just hire someone that I trusted and they would just drop it into my fan fest. And so that's kind of what I've created with the Nashville Roadshow, where I go and I help my friends and just say, hey, do you guys need music, live music? Do you need something for your sponsor activations? Really just trying to make their fan fest better and having them be able to use their fan fest to sell tickets and say, this is going to be something that you're going to want to see and help with that promotion. So I was working on the Nashville Roadshow, got introduced to Blue. And just from there, it went, it kind of just went out of control. And as we were working on things, he just kept saying, you're so organized and you kind of just see the big picture. You seem to keep everything in line. And that's when you kind of alluded to, he said, I need that in my life. And mm-hmm. the reason that it works is because... Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Blue. <laughs> it's the same thing that like you don't want to get better at a whole bunch of things so that you're mediocre. You want to mm-hmm. be really good at one thing. And that's songwriting. That's his life and his dream. And so he's spending all this time on the other things. And, and so he said, you know what? It makes sense for me to not do the other things. Have you mm-hmm. handle those and I can focus on songwriting. And that's kind of where it all kind of spiraled from there. That's cool. Yeah. Cause with songwriter managers, I mean, it was, I went years in Nashville without ever hearing that term songwriter manager or songwriter management or have someone that manages songwriters. I mean, several years in that. And then you'd like hear a little bit, I think Scott Gunter was maybe doing a little bit and you'd hear a little bit here and there, but then it, I think these days, if you haven't heard it already, you're going to be hearing more of it. Just I think as publishing deals change, as just the industry has evolved, it it makes more and more sense. So I'm really kind of curious about like, okay, what would you say is a, and I know you work with mostly like artist writers as well. So they do both, but like in particular, like with an, with a pure writer like Blue or one of the other people you're working with, like, Okay, what is there to manage? Like, how does what does that look like? What what is the benefit to a writer to have someone to help manage and to you? Yeah, and and the benefit to you. Like, what's the reciprocal thing? I mean, what keeps you interested? I mean, you've you've done a lot of charity work. I can see that in your bio. (laughs) So, working with songwriters is charity. I know your heart is is big. Is this the biggest charity, or is there something (laughs) coming back at you? (laughs) There are all these orphan songs that need homes and. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think in general, like my whole life, um, I know we kind of breeze through my sports, but I started at Northwestern University, which is, you know, the smallest team in the Big Ten. We didn't have much success on the field. And so I've always kind of been that underdog story. I went to the NCAA, which is really big, but I worked at women's basketball and they said, hey, why you need to cut $2 million in your budget and also sell $4 million more in tickets. And so... <laughs> They, they weren't throwing money at me to, I mean, I got salt and pepper. I'd like big steel and borrowed to get them to play our, our show and, and really just finding deals. So I've always been an underdog myself. I think that, so I kind of gravitate towards that. I feel like I've been lucky that I had people who 
made me believe that I could do whatever and it's okay to fail. And I believe that, and I will try anything, Mm -hmm. but I've just met a lot of people along the way that something's holding them back. And that's why in the bio, when you said you do everything, well, I really just want to do branding. But when you ask them what's getting in, in your way, it's, well, I don't know how to post on social, or I don't know how to make a graphic, or I don't have any good footage that I can send to get booked and all those things. So it's really kind of just trying to get rid of any obstacles in front of their path. And for me, that's what I love. I love saying, oh my gosh, we hit one of your milestones. We did it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. And so on Blue's side specifically, just a day in the life of working with Blue is that is it's going through what is the to-do list and what prioritizing it. I find mostly when with anybody that on the artist side and the songwriter side, that when they see a list and it gets too long, it's like they get paralyzed and they start Mm -hmm. to kind of self-sabotage. And instead of doing saying, you know what, I can only get one thing done today. They kind of retreat and say, I'm not going to do any, I can't. And so blue is not like that because he, he has just, he's very dedicated to trying to figure out kind of what to do, but that's where I come in and, and the management part is saying, okay, here's what we need to do. How do you feel about it? There's a lot of coaching, business coaching, personal coaching and saying, how do you feel? And I can tell through, I had a conversation this morning and it was really exciting. And then we got to the end and I could see, I go, you're feeling overwhelmed. And he said, yeah, again, not blue. (laughs) Yes. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I said, let's go back through the list. My name is next to nine out of the 10. You just have the one. And and he's like, (laughs) Yes, I can do that. And so it's really a lot of just getting it and making sure what they're doing makes sense. I'm Mm -hmm. really big on strategy. I hate wasting time on things that aren't kind of going back to the the main idea. And so keeping them in line. So they'll, they'll, and again, don't judge yourself based on what other people are doing. And so they'll say, I have this idea and I want to do this. And if it fits, we do it. But if we don't, we put it in the parking lot and we come back to it. But it's really that just trying to figure out what is it that, what's your goal? And are we taking steps every day to get there? And on the songwriter side, yeah. What is it? So no, sorry. I have an analogy. I have an analogy. Yeah, go ahead. It's writing to the hook. Right. Okay. This is our hook. We're writing this song, right? With this, this goal here. Are you, is everything pointing to the hook? I'm going to steal that off. Use that. You can't steal it. I'm giving it to you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Use language. Okay. So yeah, it's like, okay, you have this goal you want to achieve. You want to get in the room with so-and-so you want to get this song placed here. Okay. That's our hook, right? That's the main idea is everything we're doing pointing toward that hook going to get the listener to that hook. Or are we in the middle of the, bridge we're writing a whole separate song write that later yes so that's awesome yeah that got me excited yeah, yeah. <laughs> so talking in sports terms doesn't work with most artists i've noticed and, and i think <laughs> something else to unpack and there's so many value bombs in there my god but it's prioritizing now this is something i suffer from right like i'll get tripped up on something that i know i can get done right now or i feel i can get done mm-hmm. right now because it's not something that maybe involves deep think or something, but the mm-hmm. deep think's got to be prioritized in this particular day over the other stuff. And sometimes I'll go down that rabbit hole, you know, and then guess what mm-hmm. happens on the stuff that you think you can get done because it's really easy. Something stupid happens. <laughs> like I have a problem with freaking Pro Tools because I'm doing just uploading the podcast or, you know, post-production of the podcast. So I've done a million times or right now I have a problem with freaking Outlook because I got a new computer and I can't search my emails right now. I got to mm-hmm. fix that. But it's like, so you go down these, but prioritizing is like saying, okay, this is what I have to get done. And then being able to walk away and know that you have a long list, but it doesn't mean you have to get it all done today. It just means you got to, it's one brick at a time, right? Mm-hmm. Like one, one more brick in the wall. 
Yeah. You Tracy- know, some of that is like the, the management of it too is saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, in order to get release your single six weeks out, I need the cover art or the picture to the cover art to the whatever. So then when they don't get the picture to me, in time, then I say, well, now we're dead and you have to push it back. It's got to be pushed back and understanding that it's not going to happen and not like two weeks later saying, well, is my song going to come out that day? No, it's not. Like, it's not a surprise. It's everyone knows that the, what the reaction is to something not getting done and it's still being okay. Being like, you know what? It's just going to be a week later and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. understand, like we're not punishing you for a week later. You're punishing I think I yourself. Need to, I need to steal some of that because I'm like everybody's like, well, but no, but this is about the military, and I just think it would be great to drop if this would drop on Veterans Day. Well, you don't have the Masters yet, and that's a week away. But <laughs> but we've already booked a party. Like no, 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 no. Six weeks out. Six weeks out. Everybody knows it's six weeks out, but nobody does. You know what I mean? They, they don't get it. Yeah. So, God bless you. I need some of your clients because they're like, they know it's six weeks out. Mine don't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> They do. In fact, Lexi Lou and CJ Field both dropped their singles while we were in Denmark. And we we had the plan. And it was like, okay, if you don't hit this, we're not doing it in Denmark. They did it. Got it done. Those two get it done. Right on. That's awesome. Right on. And I got to hang out with CJ. He's freaking awesome. I, I got to hang out and write with Lexi. And she was, she was a blast. Yeah. We got lost going to lost. a castle together. It was all kinds of fun. <laughs> That's right. That's right. it was the best day of wrong turns ever there's a big group of us and we trauma bonded so is that, is that a song title right there the best day of wrong turns i don't know it might be because it probably so i could just i'll just get wrong that going in the, in the group text and have it written in like five minutes but we'll, it would be split like a hip-hop song group text? Yeah, exactly the splits will look like a hip-hop song it'd be great <laughs> <laughs> So, oh Tracy, you and I, I think we bonded a little bit in Denmark over, like, I think the book Who Moved My Cheese. But there's another book. We probably have a, somewhat similar bookshelves, I was imagining. Have you read The One Thing by, I think, Jay Papazan and Keller, the guy, Keller Williams Realty? Yeah. So, it's the central question of that book is, what is the one thing that I can do, such by doing it, makes everything else easier or irrelevant? Like, what is that one thing? That lead domino, that if I do that, use a small domino to knock over a slightly larger one, next thing you know, you're knocking over a domino the size of a door, like five dominoes later. Like, what identify that lead domino, and it's that multi-step thinking going, okay, here's the, here's the hook. How am I going to write to this hook? What's that lead? You know, what's that first letter I'm going to put on the page or that first note? And so I recommend that book to anybody listening, but it's that, it's that thinking ahead going, okay, if I want to have a number one song. What's that first lead domino set my alarm to get up before work so I can write or whatever. It's that sort of thing. But that planning I think is, is super interesting for writers. Like what kind of stuff do writers need to plan for? Don't we just like show up and write songs and then good things magically happen? Cause that's what I signed up for. I just want to write songs. <laughs> Cause that's my, that's my happy place. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll use blue as an example because he is just an open book anyway. And Mm -hmm. and I love working with him, but he sets it when he can, for the most part that he does, we do business on Monday and Fridays, mostly doing whatever business stuff he needs to do. We try and keep it that I know that there's some things going on right now, but he tries to, I'm over here going, huh? (laughs) 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 Thursday. I know he, but he's also, he's taking a little break to get his vocal cords back together. Yeah, But he normally tries to write Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, stay focused 
focused. So those are his days. And then any meetings that we try and have, we try and do those on Mondays and Fridays with outside people. As you mentioned, he's the founder of Nashville Nights International Songwriters Festival. So making sure that we have those pretty kind of buttoned up. And so he can focus again, when you start to take your focus away, it gets one overwhelming and it too gets clouded. So we Mm -hmm. try and keep to that. The other part, so blue again, is the reason that they started this songwriters festival was to expose the world to songwriting and what it's like in Nashville, but also there's a, the hit writers and then there's the rising writers and he treats them all the same. And he wants to help them all. You just mentioned that you wrote with Lexi Liu. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly what was is, is amazing is that the people who are involved will do that. Well, blue does that a lot and he will write with people who, I mean, I've seen people not want to, they have certain people they want to write with blue will write with just about anybody who asks and does it in the right way. And he feels that they, they could do something. But one of the things that when we started working together, I said, don't forget blue, you need to be elevated too. So we are mm-hmm. making sure that the rights that he has strategically, okay, 50% are your, it's because you're helping someone. Another 50% is because you're in the room with people like Brent and those hit writers, and you're making sure that you're getting back into that rotation as well. So again, it's, it's, if you want to have a cut on the radio, maybe you will get it because we're going to pitch it and it's a great song. But the other part is, but if you write with Brent Baxter, there's a better shot that's getting on the radio because the two of you came together. So some of it is just that management too of saying if the goal is cut on the radio what are you doing to get there i'm writing with brent baxter yeah i wish more people thought that way right with I, me. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think we just need to send out a mailer brent <laughs> or, or do like a little campaign the campaign a little digital campaign like it's, if you want to get on the radio write with brent baxter just respond to this <laughs> no what i tell people is like coaching clients because i do some like coach writing and that sort of thing is like this first thing to know is like writing with a hit writer is not like an easy button it doesn't guarantee like you're gonna go on the radio because i write with a hit writer every time i write me yeah and most of my stuff still doesn't get cut <laughs> so it's like don't think i can make this magically happen and by you. the way same story we heard from all the writers in denmark oh right? yeah yeah like, i'm no different what's your bruise story well there's god which uh, one which one yeah there's for the 10 hits that I have, I got 1500 bruises. Exactly. Yeah. It really is. It doesn't change like that. That's the truth. And I do want to mention mm-hmm. something. You said that how blue lifts people up. And then mm-hmm. Brent, you mentioned Lexi Lou's an up and coming writer. She's a friend of Janelle's and mine as well. We just think the world of her and you and her wrote together with hush, which is a, mm-hmm. a hit Denmark artist yeah that's a top 10 artist in denmark and that happens because blue put the nashville nights international songwriting festival together oh yeah like like this is real people is that this is what he does yeah and and, and look at there it is there it is in living color right there and And the second half of that is you know janelle was mm-hmm. in charge of the writing camp and making sure that everyone knew. And, you know, it's a new festival. It's still just our second year. So we didn't get the communication out the way we probably should have about the right. And so some people were saying, well, I, I can't do it now and, and I can't come. And Lexi was like, I'll rearrange my schedule. I will be there. And she came and she showed up and she benefited from it. But that's yeah. one of the other things too, is I can sleep in. I'm going to stay out a little bit later. I'm going to, which she did also. And cause that's <laughs> good networking, but, mm-hmm. and, and fun. But then she's like, but I'm going to get up. And I said, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And she was so thrilled for that opportunity and how things turned out. But again, it's the showing up, it's the follow through. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, I was kind of in the same boat because Johnny and I were there to do interviews and that kind of stuff. And I wasn't originally on the, the writer schedule to write that day, but I told Blue like, Hey, if there's a spot open, let me know. And I know Janelle was helping kind of 
coordinate those and making that happen. And so I raised my hand and some other people didn't show up. So Lexi and I got thrown in the room because we both raised our hands and we showed up like, oh, you can do something before noon. Yes. (laughs) It's like a songwriting superpower. I didn't realize, especially like on events like this, if you can show up before noon and be reliable, you are a solution, not a problem. And so we showed up, Lexi and I showed up as solutions and think, and what happens is the Zig Ziglar thing. You help enough other people get what you want. You get what you want. So we were helping Janelle's job get easier, Blue's job getting easier, and Hush, their professionals, they showed up, they were there, and we showed up, we wrote a song that we'll see what happens with it, but the artists in the room that day were, were digging it, so we'll see. Yeah. But that's, that's my new mantra, is show up as a solution, not a problem. I love that. I love it. The more you can do that, just the more they're going to call you. That's a freaking feature. you show up. Yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I mean, that's when, again, when I first started working on the music side, that I was at the Grand Old Opry radio station and got to meet some people and people would say, oh, well, I'm having a show at the Wild Horse or I have a show at the basement East and at the basement, wherever. And Greg and I would be like, cool, fun. And we would go. Mm-hmm. And all, the first couple of months, people are like, oh, you guys showed up. We're like, well, we said we were coming. They're like, yeah, we put a lot of people on this list or a lot of people said they were coming and they're not here. And we get it every once in a while still where they're like, Oh, you're here. And I'm like, well, we said we were going to be here. So I think that it, people kind of just be honest. Like if I can't come, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to be there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's making good on the promise and then actually showing up. If you say that you do. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, that kind of leads me to think about what are some of the gaps that you see with, like with writers, not necessarily ones you work with, and maybe ones you work with, or ones that you're trying to get your people to work with on the other side of the table. What are some gaps that you see, some ways that songwriters are either self-sabotaging? When you said that, you know, they'll talk about something that's holding them back. My first thought is, oh, how much of that is just in their head? How much of that is just an excuse? Versus like an actual, here's a technical thing we got to figure out. And actually, once we figure it out, that's all that's in the way is actually an external thing versus like, Oh, no, that's really just an internal thing. That's a mental block you have. That's not, it's real, but it ain't real. 
<laughs> yes. And my background is business and mm-hmm. this and this and go and to do and check it off. Sometimes if I do something that wasn't on my list, I write it down just so I can check it off. Oh, me too. <laughs> I love lists. I love <laughs> getting all that stuff done. So when I get on a call or we're doing a meeting, it's like it used to be, Hey, this is the agenda or how was your weekend? Cool. We flip through it and then we go. And I'm finding with artists and songwriters that you need to take that five or 10 minutes and really find out how is your day? I'm not just asking you because a lot of, of that is, is something that has happened the day before is still festering in their head and they just need to talk it out, get through it and move on. Um, so mm-hmm. sometimes it can be something completely unrelated to songwriting, but that's what's keeping them from actually moving forward. So again, meeting people where they feel comfortable, listening to the energy from a phone call, go from here down to, to here mm-hmm. and knowing, okay, you're feeling overwhelmed. And, and I've, again, I'm, I'm a sensitive person, but not really. So I've been, it's been like a learned thing over the last three years where I'm starting to, to hear it and feel it. And so those are the things where now they can tell me like what actually is holding them back. Sometimes they just say, well, I have writer's block because they just don't really want to tell you because I'm going to be like, well, just get over it. Cause I don't get, I'm not, this is not my music is not my background in right. sports. You throw, you throw dirt on it, you get back up. And yeah. so uh, here, nobody has you, like catch like quarterback block. Well, you block for the quarterback. <laughs> No, I just, man, I just can't throw a ball today. I mean, you have some days you're off, but it's not like I just, it doesn't come off my hands. I don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Out there. <laughs> it's stuck like in my fingers. It won't. <laughs> not a thing. No. So that's what I'm used to. Like, just get back up. I know you're limping. Get back up. Let's go. So mm-hmm. I've been learning how to kind of meet them where they are, talk through whatever it needs to be done. But a lot of that is just other things that are happening in their lives. And then, like I said, they get really caught up in, and that was a phone call today. Well, someone else is doing this. I'm like, Mm -hmm. awesome. I spend a lot of time just writing back why question mark Mm -hmm. and not in the mean way, (laughs) but in like, just explain it to me. And if it's a good idea, I'm good. I don't see it connecting right now. Let's talk it through. And a lot of times it is a good idea, but we have to find out how it goes. But a lot of times they'll say, so-and-so is doing this. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really fit with what you're trying to do right now, maybe down the line. So a lot of that is just getting in their own head because they see someone else doing something. Yeah. There is a lot more strategy and business stuff that goes on in a writer's world than what a lot of writers realize. And a lot of aspiring writers realize. What? I thought just, again, get in the room, write a song, and then magic happens. And then magic happens outside the room for it to get to the right people and whatever. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you're the luckiest mofo on the planet. It's not the case. Right. And then the follow through. Yeah. Like we have all, like I said, Blue is written. I mean, what do you think? 2,500 songs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so being able to, we've been cataloging, really going back and saying, which are your favorite songs? And a lot of times because he does write with these known writers, they, the songs get pitched with from their people and yeah. that's great, but there's no reason that we can't also start pitching these songs. So that's something we've been working on as well is just saying, okay, cause before it's like, I wrote these songs and no one's cutting them. Well, did you pitch them mm-hmm. to anybody? Did, I mean, uh, no. yeah. so that's what we're again. And blues have been, I'm not, I'm not saying blue because his have been pitched, but we're just taking that extra step and saying, we're also going to pitch it. We're also going to talk to people that we know we're going to start building those relationships and, and trying to do that. But for the people who write the songs and want, and they're like, man, I can't believe I'm not on the radio. And I asked, did you pitch a song this week, last week? And they didn't. And so 
it really is again, just going back and saying, what are you trying to do? And are you taking the steps to get there? But that's mm-hmm. a lot of the, like I said, the self-sabotage is that someone else is going to do it, or I'm going to be at a writer's run. They're going to hear it and maybe they will, but that's really, a terrible strategy. Is, hope yeah. is not, is not a strategy, right? Oh, you sound, hope you is sound not like a business Greg. strategy. That's it. Hope yeah. is not a business strategy. And you know what? You are going to get some of those, but that has to be the icing on the cake. Yeah. That can't be the cake, man. And so to love on blue here, when we started working with Josh Roy, Janelle brought Josh Roy to me because the Dennis and Diana specifically was friends with Janelle's because they grew up together in, in Arizona. Hey, I got this artist. I just heard him at this party. Like, you really need to hear him. Like, I think he's really good. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I heard him sing the national anthem because that's what he sang at this party. And I was like, well, he can sing, you know, then we got to find out, you know, if he's, if he's got the guts, if he's got the character, if he's got the chutzpah to really, does he really want to be an artist? Or does he also tomorrow might want to be a fireman and then an astronaut? I don't know. (laughs) Then we bring him out. Once I know that he's like, I like him and I like his character. I like the guy. I really think that he's a storm the island and burn the ships kind of guy, which is what you have to be to be an artist, in my opinion. Then I bring him to Blue. And Blue's like, you're working with him? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hell yes. But I'm going to run point. Okay. And I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the writers in there. And then we kind of, so here's how all this stuff, just, just to give you an idea how this works, it's kind of like, it's on the fly, but it's everybody doing their job and, and having a good time with it. So Josh Roy's manager is a former celebrity chef. Okay, he's had a couple shows on the Food Network. He's got this big killer house down in Nashville with a great spread. And it's, I mean, it is like... You mean Scottsdale? Yeah, in Scottsdale. Well, no, it's not in Scottsdale. It's in Gilbert, Arizona. Okay. But it's like a little south of Scottsdale. But And of course, his kitchen's like amazing. And I'm like, you know what? We could can do the normal thing, which would be to bring Josh up repeatedly from Arizona to Nashville to try to get in these writer's rooms. But you know what would be more fun and more interesting? would be to call it a writer's retreat and let's fly the writers down. And in this case, which is weird, usually you want to bring Muhammad to the mountain and not the mountain to Muhammad because that's a lot more work. But this case, I'm like, let's bring the mountain to Muhammad. Let's get them down there. Dennis, you big time them with the dishes and just cook the fire out of everybody and just blow them away on this weekend. And we'll get a whole weekend of writing with this artist and we'll get focus, which then turned into blue going, Hey man, do you think like while we're down there, we could play a couple gigs. Like we could do the Nashville nights thing, like in Arizona, you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I don't see why we couldn't because here we've got Dennis and Josh who have all these relationships with these clubs that they play and sure shooting. We've got all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. We've got a couple gigs. We're on the no- morning news show and, and all that stuff. Cause Josh already has a relationship there. And now we've started the first American market for the Nashville Nights Music Festival. And we're working on that. But here's Blue giving first, man. You know what I mean? Like working his butt off and grinding to write those songs with my artist. And now we're opening up a new market there. So it's that kind of a thing, man. It's just that kind of like, let's just get it done. And everybody's there for a reason and and it all fits. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's okay to do things differently. Like I said, when I first started, people were like, Chancy, who is this woman? She doesn't know anybody. And she's like, she doesn't know anybody, but she knows things. (laughs) So it's just kind of doing that. And I think one of the other tips, like you mentioned that you bring the writers to them and, and have a retreat, but also at the songwriters events, if your strat, one of your strategies is that Miranda Lambert is going to come in and listen to your song, which I know it has happened before. She's going to come to writer's round. She's going to hear a song. She's going to want, want that song. Then 
every writer's round, you should be as buttoned up and as professional as possible. So, mm-hmm. and I love to hear a song you wrote the day before. I just was at an event last night where they, we wrote this two days ago. We've never played it out, which is totally fine. But if one of your strategies is I'm going to have someone hear this and, and want my song, then it needs to be polished. It needs to be ready to go. It needs the best you ever sang it. So mm-hmm. I know I, I go to a ton of writers rounds and they're taking shots and which one am I going to do? What should I do? And it's, I feel yeah. like it should be a, a performance that you have been thinking about for the last two days, even if you're not getting paid for the writers round, mm-hmm. that it's very serious and that you're ready to go. If that is just one of your strategies is to be yes. And yes. And I would back that up and step and say, okay, what rounds has Miranda attended? What venues who does she go out to hear? Who are her buddies? How do I get in that round or around adjacent to it where she shows up a little earlier, staying late to drink and whatever? I'm in one of those rounds. Okay, how do we figure that out? And who are those people in those rounds? And who are those venues? And how do I work that out? I had a really interesting conversation with uh, my, my brother-in-law. And this is before we were family. We were roommates. And, you know, he'd go play out around and stuff. He's That's a, a sort of well. story, Tracy. I know That's you're like, asking oh, the question. His sister yeah. came to visit. And I'm like, how are you doing? <laughs> And uh, how school? I just saw this like so, thing for a second. I'm like, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's how it, that's how it happens. That's a whole other Oprah. That's a whole other thing. Anyway, so uh, he'd play rounds, and we figured out one night that he would put like ten hours. It seemed like into one round, three song round, because we lived out in Laverne, so that's a drive time coming and going. You have all the practice time because he'd work up the songs he wanted to play. So there's practice till he feels comfortable with that. There's getting there early. There's the thirty minutes or whatever his round, three songs. Then they're staying afterwards to be a good supporter of that round and everything that had you out. Next, you know, ten hours. And it's like, and what are you hoping to get from that? Well, you know, meet somebody. Somebody hears a song like. How many of those 10-hour blocks are you having to put together before something maybe happens? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you're – because he did sales before that. I'm like, you're in sales. You can get a song to so-and-so in like five hours. Or you can get in front of them if you put five hours of dedicated work into it. That's half the time on one of those rounds. And you may be doing 100 hours to bump into somebody. It's like, I'm not saying don't do that. But I'm just saying, let's do the There's math. a different way. There may be a different way. If your goal is to, I want to get a song or me in front of somebody, and that's why you're doing that, I bet there's a more efficient way of doing it. And I think a lot of writers just, we get sucked into doing what we do. I write, I do rounds. I, yeah. Is there another way to skin this cat? Yeah. And, and you know, side, side note, hold on. Let me, let me just add to that real quick. Cause you <laughs> mentioned something very important, Tracy. Like you're talking about button up the show. Like it should be a performance. And so when I was telling you about like Josh Roy, when I went out to Arizona last week, we worked on the performance, right? To create, moments and it just occurred to me like if you're not sure what song you're gonna sing or if you're singing a song you just wrote last night and you haven't mastered it or you don't have the kind of um vocal prowess that where you can just lay that down and sell the fire out of that lyric which a lot of writers don't i certainly didn't i clawed my way to middle management and vocals i know that about myself but then what is the moment the moment is the part that you forget the moment is you hemming and hawing over which song to sing and you just look like you don't know what the hell you're doing that becomes the moment that stands out mm-hmm. and and it is a live performance and live performances are consumed almost 60 percent visually mm. even on a writer's round it's more about the visual than it is about the song like, let that sink in for a second. You know what I mean? Let that sink in. And so if you're overwhelmingly shitting the bed on stage and you've got the world's greatest song, what are they going to remember? 
I don't know. Skid marks. Skid marks is what they're going to remember. That's right. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So Yes, and Lexi Lou again, is a good example of that. She released her first ever single on Spotify and back in February. It was called Ghost Town. She wrote it with Carbon Walls. And I was, we were getting ready. She was able to do like the hour slot before the freak show. Terry Joe was able to you know, let her do that. It was awesome. And I said, okay, well, what are you going to do? And she's like, well, I'm just going to sing a couple songs and then I'll sing Ghost Town. And I was like, which songs? Which songs are you going to sing? And, and so I was like, you know, make this an, an event, a presentation. And so I said, the songs kind of have to tie together somehow, tell the story so that when you get to that one. And I said, and like you mentioned, the visual part, she started out with just like, a black outfit on. And then the next song she put a cape on. And then the last song she put her ghost town, Mardi Gras. Cause it's about new Orleans, her Mardi Gras glasses on and she crushed it. And like uh-huh. she built it up and made a performance out of it. And just said that of saying, Hey, here's three songs I wrote. And here's one that's on Spotify now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think too many people do that. Mm-hmm. I think the hard thing is to stop and, and think. I mean, we'll think all day on a song of what chord comes next or what word goes next, but it's the the other thinking. So you mentioned, I'm going to dive into a little bit more. You mentioned like kind of the follow-up. That's a place where writers often fall down. I want to get a cut. Well, I wrote it, but I didn't follow up by pitching it. We had a thrilling conversation in Denmark about email, thrilling, and how that could be a challenge for some young creatives. Are there some like generation gaps or culture gaps that you see that creatives need to fill if they're not going to leave money and opportunity on the table. And we talked about email, so maybe that might be some a good place to start, but where there are just gaps, just people are just missing out. Yes. You can vent. This is the yeah. time to vent. This is a safe space. I yeah, know. I love you. This is a trust tree. This is a trust tree. <laughs> Nobody's going to hear this. Just it's between fine. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think anyone who's ever met me knows that I love email. So, I mean, it really is, again, that is it a hobby or is this a business? Because the... Everybody that books, not everybody, but a lot of people who book in Nashville, maybe down the honky tonks, it is. It's a group text. Who's uh, I need to fill a spot tomorrow at four. Who can do it? And that's efficient. And I get that. But if you want to be booked by festivals and casinos and sporting events, the people that my friends and I reach out to, I just was messaging with the Titans today. I'm not texting that guy. I am emailing him links and a proposal and just all the words because he that when he is searching for game day entertainment, he's not going to his text messages. Mm-hmm. He's going to his emails. And I've had multiple times, even some venues here in Nashville and in Tampa, where I've sent an email and just said my words. And they wrote back and said, this is a very professional email. I didn't even listen to your artist, but I'm booking them. So sometimes it's just that they're looking for that professionalism and, and remembering that. So if you got booked for a a bigger show that that person probably books other shows. So when you're taking a week, two weeks to tell them how many meals you need, what time your sound check is, what you need for production, you have lessened your chances that that person is going to reach out again, because they do not want to work with someone who is making their job harder. That was the whole premise of Nashville Roadshow, make their job easier. PBR, when I reached out to my friends there, they said, so you're just going to do Saturday and I just need to show up. And I said, yes. And all day Saturday, they just kept saying, I didn't even do anything for this. I just 
this is done and I didn't do anything. They literally did nothing and they were so thankful. So when you make someone else's job harder by texting, by not responding to email, then you're making it easier for someone else like my clients to be able to jump in and take those spots because again, not all of them want to email. And sometimes I do send a text and say, just emailed you. But um, (laughs) when I email, I usually have copied three or four team members on there. So being able to have everyone in the loop and know what's going on. If you don't email, you probably are not on my roster. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. You can't just send a Snapchat. What? <laughs> Smoke signals? They don't work. Smoke signals, right, yeah. <laughs> a TikTok DM? No. <laughs> yes, and I know some people that one of the things that kind of holds them back is they just that's the generation where they didn't really do email. They don't feel comfortable. Some of them, you know, didn't go to college, so they're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't even know how to craft the perfect email. And though that's one of those self sabotage where they're like. Well, they know all these people. I said, I will write the email for you and I, you can just send it on. And so again, finding the obstacle, getting around it, go ahead and just change it if you want a little so it sounds more like you. But at the same point, if you're not emailing because you don't think you're doing it right, then yeah, then we, we'll, we'll fix that. But So is that a gap that you see a lot of people have more opportunity at their fingertips, but they don't ask? They don't ask. And we talked about follow-up too, where you said, well, I emailed that person once and I didn't hear back. And it's like, okay, well, maybe one more email or find out, you know, do a little bit of research. I mean, people are posting everything on social media. Oh, that Mm -hmm. person's at the ACM awards. That's probably, we probably shouldn't have emailed at that time. Maybe we should have done it the next time or again, provide value in your emails. I think that was the part that when I email people, they find value or that it's genuine because I have noticed something they're doing. I'm not wasting their time. I'm giving them something because I know that this could be a good fit. And that's when you get the responses. So spending a little bit of time on that research and, and not just blindly like making a copy and paste. I want to play your venue. I want to play your venue. Being able to say, oh, these people do this. Let's mention that in the email. And then they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, they know, they know this venue. We want to be there. So spending Mm -hmm. a little bit of time on research and genuineness and personalization is helpful. That's cool. So I'm curious, there's a little bit of a sidebar. So I'm, you've done a lot of charity work, but certainly this is not charity work. Like with an without going into any details or whatever that are private, but like with artist managers, like what's in it for them or writer managers, like artist managers. Yeah. That generally like 10% of whatever, you know, that kind of stuff that take a cut Are writer managers kind of the same way where it's like there is percentage based or is it retainer? And have you seen, do you know other writer managers or are you kind of like, I do my own thing and I know they're out there, but we don't really, uh, there are a couple that we've stumbled upon, Blue mm-hmm. and I. So that's been good to see that we're not, we're not out there alone. But some of, I think for me, the I do charge a monthly retainer, which is like not a lot because mm-hmm. that's the group of people I've decided to work with because I want to help them. So, but because if I was just doing management, then yeah, there'd probably be some sort of percentage, but I'm doing their social media, I'm building their websites, I'm doing their videos, I'm making their reels, I'm doing mm-hmm. all of that other stuff. So that's kind of what they're paying us for. Mm-hmm. And then the management just kind of comes along with it. Again, I do this because I'm, I want to help. And so I don't have any, you know, 10%, if this song goes number one, I get 10% of your earnings. I don't do that. I feel like I didn't write the song. And if I was helpful in getting it placed and cut and on the radio, that's great. But I didn't work any harder than I would have normally. So for me to take an escalated amount in my mind doesn't work for me. So I just do my monthly retainer. And if Blue makes a million dollars, 
he makes a million dollars. He can, and he can pay you for a lot longer time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be there forever. And again, if he wants to buy me like a car or something, no, but like, I don't, that's my way. I know everyone does mm. do like the 10%, but I feel like what they're paying me for is the branding and the, not the management. Mm. So how do you brand a songwriter? What kind of songwriter branding is there? Artist thing that makes perfect sense. And Johnny, I've talked about this. Longtime climbers probably heard about this. Like part of my brand is lyricist. Like I have a, like you talked about earlier and that resonated with me. Like you can work really hard to be mediocre at a bunch of things, but you really need some sort of superpower for the phone to ring. And that's how I've looked at my creative strengths and weaknesses. Like I'm going to go all in on this thing. So hopefully people go, when you think of, I need lyrics or song titles or this idea thought out, I think of Brent. So my phone rings. In what other ways do you brand a songwriter? Like a blue or somebody that's not doing the artist thing as well? Well, the first thing, so working on the Denmark festival Mm -hmm. last year, especially we had all these hit songwriters and I was like, Oh, this is perfect. We'll just tell everybody all the songs they wrote. And it took us a long time to track down the songs that were number ones, the top tens, and really be able to say, this is what this person did because most songwriters do not have a really great either website or Wikipedia page, you just, or what, just something. If you just Google their name, you would think this is everything I've done. And some Mm -hmm. people have it. A lot of people do not. So one of the things is just creating those materials that they need for people to say, if I'm going to say, Hey, here's a songwriter's round. And these are the three people in it that when they click that button, when I say blue Foley, they see, Oh, he wrote with Ashley McBride. He's got a Dove award. He has over a hundred cuts. He's been, his songs been played on the Opry. Like that's easy to find and, and market them. So being able to just have those materials is is good. And then on the social media side, which we're still working on blue, um, to really again, figure out what it is because he's not just a songwriter, he's an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so being able to say, okay, this is how we want to do this. We're going to, we're going to get him on TikTok here soon, but really making sure we have all of the content together so that it tells a cohesive story. And that's one of the things that, a lot of times, and you've probably seen it where they go, they're super excited. They get in the studio, they take a picture, new music coming. And then four weeks later, buy my music. And it's like, whoa, what happened <laughs> right. in between there? And so really stepping back and saying, you know, engaging the people in the process, asking them questions instead of just saying this song, I sang it, you should listen to it. Like mm-hmm. really right. being able to say, what is that process? And why should you care against that? Why? And why yeah. should they care that you put a song out and that's part of the branding is just really authentically telling the story. So like if I say, Oh, I work with blue Foley. I mean, you guys kind of did it. We are like, Oh, we love it. Like, yeah. So bottle that. And how do you put that on social media so that people see what a kind and caring, talented person he is. And that's mm-hmm. really what the branding is, is just being your authentic self, but telling it in a way that people aren't like, Whoa, what just happened? Cause someone just had a baby. And I was like, I didn't even know you were dating anybody. Like, <laughs> so just making sure that we're not just surprised all the time because mm-hmm. a good surprise ending is good, but you've built the story up all the way through. And, and I was talking this morning to a client and what I'm doing isn't always interesting. And I was like, it's, that's what a book is. It's building a character until you get interesting mm-hmm. and they're in, invested in it. And it's the highs and the lows. You can't just, so Lexi's a good example well, she hates TikTok. She hates all social media. So I made her get on TikTok. And <laughs> her most viewed TikTok before we started working together, she had said, I just entered this song in a songwriter's contest. What do you think? And got a ton of views, even though she didn't really have any followers. And then you never heard about it again. And I said, well, mm-hmm. what happened to that song? She goes, oh, I didn't win. 
And I was like, well, you need to tell people that. And she's like, well, I don't want to tell people that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. said, I get it. But like, then they start cheering for you for the next one because you're like, oh, our hero, you know, had a moment. And, but now they're, they're kind of good right. and kind of keep falling. That's right. That's right. And uh, quick question. Do you factor in at all? Like, b- because historically songwriters haven't been front and center, right? They're not the B to C thing, right? It's B to B. And mm-hmm. so how much weight do you put on and do you incorporate like brand archetypes into that, like with certain stuff? And what's Blue's brand archetype? <laughs> that is a good question. So like I said, for him, we're still working on our strategy. But what he said to me a few months ago was just like, if you're listening with friends or you're sitting around a campfire and you're playing a song and, and whoever happens to be there, then they're like, oh, I want to cut that song or I love that song. So what we're trying to do is we're starting a playlist a lot. And you probably have seen some people songs you didn't know that I wrote that's been going around Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. blue has those, but there's also people who are right now, like I think Kyle Houlihan just released a song that blue wrote on and every songwriters around I go to, regardless if he's there or not, someone sings a blue Foley song. So really trying to bottle that up and say, here are some songs and putting them on his social media. They said, TikTok, that's going to be big for us where he's doing just like some quick acoustics of new songs, old songs, songs you didn't know. And then his friends are the ones that are following him and they might hear a song because his friends are looking for songs. So that's part of his brand and part of our marketing is just getting more of his songs out there because if he didn't write another song, he'd be fine. Like he has so many that really are amazing. And, and they say that the average uh, life of a song on the radio now is seven years. So, Hmm. I mean, just going back into his archive and picking out those is what we've been doing and sending them out and seeing what people think. But that's the biggest thing is just if you want people to hear your music, a lot of people I know get worried that someone's going to steal the, the hook or the melody or whatever, and you don't want to put that out there. But for him, he it's writing songs is his life. So we need to be, I mean, if, if you go back to his social media as it is now, he it's him championing everybody. And it's like, we need to champion you too. We need to mix that in there. So that's what we're working on for him. Very cool. Right on. Well, well, well we will continue to help with that too. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. There's no bigger cheerleader than Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's true. Yeah. That's my baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, that's awesome. I mean, that is really enlightening. And I think a lot of you should plus champion you like yeah, you should probably put a book out or something or a course out that describes what you do to teach people how to do this mm-hmm. for themselves or how other people who like love their favorite songwriter can help that songwriter. You know what I mean? And, and help organize them and help them become more productive. We certainly do a lot of that with Josh, you know, and, the, and, the, and our other artists, right? That we're like, okay, so this is what we do for a show. This is how we behave in a writing session and stuff. And just show them the ropes, essentially, but also keep it productive. Mm-hmm. And what's the highest and best use of your time right now? And how are we going to do that? So, man, thank you for coming on. I think that's amazing. Where can people get a hold of you? You yes. got something you want to plug right now. Like, what, what can we do to help you? Well, just, I mean, Hits and Branding, that's my website. Like you said, H-I-T-Z. It works well for sports and for music. Um, so they can find me there. All my links are, are there. If you follow me on anywhere, it's it's just Tracy Hits. I'm the only one in, in the world. Okay. Well, <laughs> and we'll have all those links are on the, uh, will be in the show notes, guys. So you can just go and hit them right there. And of course, Blue Foley and Nashville Nights, follow that. Keep track of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're out in Arizona, come out and see us at the end of October. Because uh, when is this going to drop? way after that isn't it no no this is actually supposed to drop on tuesday on tuesday the october 18th 
Oh, yeah. So, it's hey, uh, if you're out in Arizona, we will, at the end of the month, we're going to be out there at Boondocks and at Harold's up in Cave Creek. And there's a special house party that if you know about it, you know. And if you don't, you don't. Uh, oh, and if I see you, you're probably if you see me, you can come see me at my office or my house. And I'll be like, what are you doing here? Get out. <laughs> right on. well life. thank you Tracy so much that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode guys listen this is what it's all about you guys like we're trying to help you get your head right this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.